This is HiFam. I'm Avital. Discover your authentic self. Be who you really are. Live your truth. These are the types of catchphrases that we hear in modern society. And they certainly hold a kernel of truth. Like most things, there is something in there that does make sense. But today, I want to show you how they are misguided and why we should not be teaching our children to just live their truth and discover their authentic selves, but instead give them something else that's going to set them up for much more success, joy, and fulfillment in their life. So first, let's linger on the good things about this. The idea of self-discovery, of getting to know ourselves, has something valid to it. I do believe that every person is born with a certain circumstance, with a certain set of genes, with their own particular history. We are born in particular circumstances, in bodies, with genetic codes, etc., that matter. Our temperament, for example, is something that we're born with in many regards. Almost all of these things can be shaped and molded and influenced, right? Genes can be turned on and off uh, according to the environment that they're in, you know, to a certain degree. But a lot of the things that we are born with really do matter and it really does serve us to learn about ourselves. I think taking, for example, a temperament test and understanding what our tendencies are is really, really useful information. And I don't think all processes of self-discovery and self-understanding are a waste of time. Uh, quite the contrary. Getting to know who you are and your history and the things that you were born with and the things that you were nurtured into are all really useful. They're useful ways of understanding ourselves. So I'm not against figuring out <laughs> who you are in terms of your genetic makeup, in terms of your temperament, in terms of the identity that you were born into, the culture that you are part of. All of those things I think are really useful and important and meaningful parts of growing up and maturing. They're really, really important in helping us make decisions and craft and design a life that makes sense to us. But I don't think that that process of self-discovery is going to unearth, unveil, help us discover and find some hidden truth, some hidden identity, some hidden authentic self. The idea of discovering who you are makes it sound like almost something passive, like there's a real you hiding somewhere inside and it's coated by all these masks that you've put on, right? That maybe your parents uh, socialized you in a certain way or society has certain expectations of you. So you've hidden your true self and maybe it's even hidden to you. And now you're in the process of peeling back these onion layers and discovering that kernel, that essence, that you, that you really are hidden and buried underneath all of that debris, right? And if you can just dig yourself out of there, then you'll be liberated. <laughs> you'll be free. You'll be your real self. You'll live your truth, right? And somehow that will be the most authentic you. I think that's where this idea gets a little bit misguided. So let's go back to the idea of understanding who you are as a jumping board, as the first step in a process as useful information to work with. And here's what I mean. Often people will say, 
you know, listen to your intuition, listen to your truth, listen to your inner voice, uh, guide yourself through some kind of authentic process. But the thing is that there are many different aspects of us that might be our authentic selves. So this term starts to become a little bit nonsensical. Let me give you an example. What is my authentic self? Is it when I'm being kind and patient and loving? Or is it when I'm grumpy and moody and lashing out? Which one is it? Or is it both? And if it's both, if it's just everything I ever do, then it doesn't mean anything. It's not a useful term because I am being my authentic self. I'm reacting. Sometimes it sounds to me like my authentic self is just my initial default, automatic, and sometimes unwanted reactions. Maybe my authentic self is all of my intrusive thoughts that are disturbing me in my day-to-day life. All of my anxieties, worries, and fears that are plaguing me, they're authentic to me. Maybe my authentic self is my temper. It's when I go into fight, flight, or freeze mode. It's when I'm rude and grumpy and aggressive to my family because that's my authentic self. The term authentic self often hides and excuses bad behavior, in fact, because it's authentically how I feel. For example, if my husband comes home and I'm feeling super frustrated and put upon and exhausted and it's been a long day and I've been with the kids and I've been working and I'm at the end of my rope and I am resentful and angry and frustrated because he hasn't pulled his weight and I'm doing the lion's share and I lash out at him. Well, that's authentically what I'm feeling in that moment. That's my authentic self. That's my truth. That's my lived experience. That is really me. I'm expressing the real me in that moment. So what use is the term authentic self if it's basically just whatever I happen to feel? It's basically saying, be reactive. Do what it is that you feel in that moment. This idea of discovering something inside of you is also really paralyzing because many people I know struggle to find their calling in life, their passion in life, what they're supposed to do. And this idea of following your truth, of listening to your inner voice, of your authentic self, your authentic uh, desires and wants and yearnings, it, it can be a bit of a trap because what if I don't know? What if I don't hear that voice? What if there is no me inside telling me who I should become, where I should live, who I should marry, what job I should do, etc.? Or what if those voices are the voices of, you know, toxic figures in my past, of trauma, of, you know, childhood pain, etc.? What if that has become the only voice that I hear inside me? There is this sense that I'll never discover who I am. What if I never find her? What if I don't find her in time? What if I only discover my authentic self when I'm 50? I think this idea of this external, you know, figure that's there and you have to unearth them and you have to figure them out is, I get why it's kind of attractive and seductive, right? It it means you just haven't found it yet. Soon you will, but you haven't yet. But at the same time, it sounds nonsensical to me and it sounds tremendously disempowering. If we raise our children to just always listen to their authentic self, how are they to differentiate between good and bad? If it's just their urges, their inner voice, right? Whatever their truth is telling them. My truth is telling me that I should eat 12 hamburgers. (laughs) My truth is telling me that I should lie right now, that I should run away from this uncomfortable situation, that I should just watch Netflix all day. That's my authentic self. 
I once had a really fascinating lecture by someone who was a murderer. This man had been convicted to prison for many decades, and when he finally got out of prison, he had undergone a massive transformation. He was actually becoming this kind of self-development guru, you might say, and lecturing at these various conferences. And I was at a conference and I heard him talking. And you have to wonder, well, which is his authentic self? The man committed murder. So is that his authentic self or is he now his authentic self? Did he just not discover himself before? It's also kind of a way of releasing us of all responsibilities. Like when I do something negative, that's not my authentic self. But when I do something positive, that is my authentic self. It's a really complicated and convoluted and perhaps just useless term. This idea of discovery, of something within me, of following my truth. Hey, we'll be right back to the show, but real quick, I need to ask you, do you want to know how I kept my day job, started a side hustle and built my business from scratch while birthing, feeding, raising and schooling my five children at home? Well, there are many things that go into it, but the key that made the most difference by far is that my children play independently for hours at a time. No, they are not unicorn children. There's nothing special about them, although they are special to me. All children are designed to play independently for hours a day. Yeah, even yours. But in our culture, play has been stolen, which is tragic because play is so good for kids and also such a breather for us adults. If your child is clinging, reliant on screens or on you for entertainment, you need to check out my new free masterclass, how to transform your home into a play-inducing haven. In it, I will break down how to get your child playing independently with the play zones that every child needs. Go to reclaimplay.com forward slash haven. Okay, back to the show. I want to instead propose a different idea, a different idea of how we might go about self-conceptualization for ourselves and for our children. Okay, how you might think about yourself. I don't think you really get much benefit from thinking about yourself as your authentic self or your inauthentic self, right? Because there are lots of different things that are authentically part of us. And many of those things are not things we're proud of. It is authentically me to lose my temper. It is authentically me to sometimes protect my ego or to be a bit sarcastic or to gossip, right? I want to suggest instead that who you are is something that you get to craft. It's a series of choices that you make. So rather than looking at what's authentically you, perhaps it would be useful to look at your highest self. What if we switch out my authentic self to my highest self, to my best self? What if instead of just searching for who we are, we decide to create who we are, to craft who we are, to establish certain expectations and then live up to who we are, to grow into who we are, to develop who we are. This isn't a process of unearthing and peeling back onion layers and discovering that kernel, but instead it's a process of building. We're not trying to destroy or remove all the masks. Instead, we're trying to build up a really positive character. We're trying to take responsibility for who we are and how we show up in the world. Maybe my authentic self is a hot mess. Maybe my authentic self is really unkind or really lacking confidence or clarity or drive or ambition or responsibility or any of the things that I actually want in my life. 
Maybe my authentic self will just sit on the couch all day and never pick myself up and do anything with myself. Maybe my authentic self will trash my body and binge on things that aren't serving me. That might be my authentic self. What am I supposed to do with that? Well, that's just who I am. That's just, you know, that's the, my truth. That's my inner kernel that I discovered. Instead, I think we can strive to improve ourselves, to build ourselves up. What could you be? Who could you become? You see, the idea of authentic self is the idea of self-acceptance and self-love. And yes, we do need to accept and love ourselves to a degree. But we also need to demand of ourselves to improve ourselves, to grow, to remove our bad habits, to overcome the negative sides of our personality, to heal from traumas, right? We actually need to move on from the things that are holding us back and keeping us small and hurting ourselves and others. Those might be part of our authentic selves, but if they're not serving us, then what use is that term? What use is the idea of protecting an authentic self or of expressing it? Perhaps instead we can look to become our higher selves, to work to become the person we want to be. You know, you're not stuck where your authentic self happens to be. You don't have to just discover it and then live it. You can choose. You can make choices and own them and craft the the self that you want to be, the way that you show up in the world. You can craft your belief system. You can craft your behaviors, the words that you use, the habits that you have. That's, you know, kind of what builds that full picture of who you are. It isn't something you're born with. You're born with some things. You're born with your genes. You're born with your temperament. But the whole question is what you do with those things. Discovering those things is just the beginning. Now you have the materials and the question is, okay, what am I going to make? What am I going to create? You don't get to choose what you are. You don't get to choose what you were born as, right? That's your genetic code. That's your lot in life. Those are the cards that you were dealt. Those are things that we don't choose, okay? Maybe that's your authentic self, if you like. And you don't choose it. That's just what you are. But you do get to choose who you are. You do get to choose how you show up, what beliefs you're going to engage with, what behaviors you're going to display, what words you're going to choose, what thoughts you're going to follow, You get to choose which parts of your character and temperament you want to emphasize and strengthen and maximize on and which you want to minimize and maybe overcome altogether or change. You get to choose what you want to strengthen. Kind of like, look, you've got your body. That's, you know, you don't get to choose what it is. It's the body that we receive, right? But we get to choose if we're going to treat it well, if we're going to build muscle, if we're going to keep it fit, if we're going to keep it healthy. That's a choice that we could potentially make. You know, you get your temperament, you get your mind. That's what you get, right? That's kind of your starting point and your materials. And then you get to choose what you're going to express, what you're going to show. So even if my authentic truth is that I'm mad a lot or angry a lot, etc., maybe that's not where I want to stay. Maybe that's something I'd like to overcome. Maybe that's not something that I want to continue to bring to the world. And I'm speaking from firsthand experience here because that has been my story. My authentic self has a temper. <laughs> and and let's fly. And I would like to overcome that. I would like to step into a higher self, a better self, an improved self. I'm not just going to accept myself as someone with a temper. Like, of course, I'm going to forgive myself and offer myself grace and move on when I make a mistake. Sure, there's no perfection here. No one has that. But just loving ourselves as we are, because that's just who I am. I, I just don't get it. It's just missing, I think, 
the whole opportunity of life, that whole creative process of crafting the persona, the person, the, 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 the face that you want to put to the world, the gift that you want to bring to the world, the you that you want to become. So when I look at myself and when I look at my children, I think that the process of self-discovery, it's a very, very small and very initial phase, right? Sure, you need to know kind of what we're working with here, you know, what you were born with, what kind of temperament traits are just coming naturally to you, how you typically and by default and by automation respond to certain things, right? How quick you are to anger, how, you know, how activated you are by certain stimuli, how much you have a tendency to be depressed or to lack focus or to take things personally or to be a procrastinator or to be passive, right? Yeah, sure. You want to know what you're working with. You want to know kind of what you, what you come to the table with. And my children, I, I will encourage them a very small portion of navel gazing of just understanding, you know, what they are. But that's the beginning, not the end. That's where we jump off. That's the starting point. That is the place where we say, okay, here's what we're working with. And now how can we craft an, an individual self that is someone to be proud of, that is someone who's a contributor, that is someone who does differentiate right from wrong, who can make good choices, who can take responsibility, who can, you know, take on uh, and shoulder responsibilities and burdens for others, who can be a team player, who can be reliable, who can be someone who is a contributor to the world, to this family, at least. That's, I think, a much better conversation to have. I don't want my children obsessed with their identity, obsessed with figuring out their authentic. You don't figure it out. Most people are not just handed some passion, some calling, right? Most people don't hear that voice. Most people don't know that there's just this thing that they need to be. They craft it. They make decisions, they try things out, they experiment, they work, they troubleshoot, they iterate. That's that's the process of discovery. I heard this fantastic thing in a book I was reading recently called So Good They Can't Ignore You. And it was talking about the fact that many people look for their passion. Many people are trying to discover their passion. And he says it's the wrong way to go about it in career, for example. You don't discover your passion. In fact, you work really hard and get good at something and passion follows you. So rather than following your passion, make decisions and passion will follow you. I want to make the same claim about authentic self. You do not follow your authentic self. You do not discover your authentic self. You create your authentic self. You build a person that you want to be, and then you become that person with integrity. Your child doesn't need to just discover who they are. They need to decide who they are. They need to choose every single day who they are. They need to then do the things and say the things and think the things that that person would say. They need to act like that person would act. If my authentic self is an unkind person, then don't stay there, right? It's time for me to change that. If my authentic self always gossips or lies, then not cool. Got to move on. Got to become your higher self, right? When you craft who you are, that becomes authentic to you. That becomes who you are. Maybe it sounds a bit like fake it till you make it. And I think that's fair. I think that's a useful tool. But yeah, you know, try it on until it becomes who you are. Remember that things become part of who we are when we enact them in a consistent way over time. So 
you know, if I'm grumpy for an hour, then I'm, you know, just having an emotion. If I'm grumpy for a week, then it's a mood. If I'm grumpy for a month, maybe it's a phase. If I'm grumpy for a year, then it's a character trait. I'm just a grump. (laughs) I am a grumpy person at this point, right? And if you do it for decades, then it's just who you are. That becomes part of your authentic self. But the same is true in positive traits as well. If I'm generous once, then it was a moment, right? If I'm generous regularly, then maybe it becomes a habit. And if I'm generous over the span of my lifetime, then I am a generous person. It becomes authentically who I am. That becomes my authentic self. It's not something I discovered. It's something I became. It's something I chose. It's something I crafted. So don't discover your authentic self. Create your authentic self. Did you find yourself disagreeing completely with the ideas you heard today? Or perhaps agreeing emphatically? Or somewhere in the middle? Good. Because our goal is to spark meaningful conversations about what it takes to raise strong, resilient, tight families. Use this topic to spark a conversation in your own home, with yourself, your partner, or even your children where relevant. And if you found this valuable, the best way to support the show is to leave a rating and a review, and more importantly, to share it with parents you know who are also trying to build a strong family culture.